Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can take your seats. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to thank my friend Robin for being with me today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I, I just, uh, I'm just blessed. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Robin lives in Tulsa. Uh, Kevin and I, of course, are in Orlando. <clears throat> and uh, so you think, well, how did this work out? And we met, I don't know how many years ago, and then kind of lost touch, and then just a couple of years ago reconnected. And just, there was just something there. We said, I think there's going to be times when we can do some meetings together. Praise the Lord. And so when the opportunity has presented itself and when it works out, we, we've been able to travel together some in the last couple of years. And, and uh, boy, I sure enjoy it. It helps me. It helps meetings. It helps churches. Praise God. So I want to let you know that Robin has some material on the back. You're not going to want to leave without it today. Uh, I know uh, Mama over here, you said when, when we were just rehearsing this morning, she said, I had to leave the room. I was already getting goosebumps and tears. And so uh, there's just something, you know, that's released in, as, as Robin already said, in, in gifts. And, uh, you know, she's not a performer, or, you know, a singer, a songwriter, and all, all those things are included, but she's a, she's a ministry gift. And it's a blessing, praise the Lord, because it does something in your heart. It does something in the service. It does something in the atmosphere, praise God. And uh, not all singers do that, obviously. But uh, she's got some awesome CDs back there that I listen to uh, pretty constantly myself. Uh, They're on my my phone. Uh, one of them is called Soon Coming King. That song, Singing Hallelujah, that we did this morning is on there, along with some other great uh, Get You Going songs and some worship vertical songs that are just beautiful. Uh, that's available. And then there's another one there called Streams, which is just an instrumental CD. I love to play it while I'm praying or just just getting my mind quiet. Sometimes, how many of you know your mind can go, my mind can just race sometimes. Sometimes I just like to listen to that instrumental music. And it's not just instrumental music, because I like all kinds of music. Uh, My husband and I, of course, my husband's a trumpet player. A lot of you remember and. He came up in a jazz background and a big band background, and so we love to listen to instrumental jazz music and all that kind of stuff. But that's good for your soul. <laughs> but you know that your spirit needs some things. Amen. Your your soul doesn't need to just you know go to a place. Your spirit needs to be enriched. And it needs to be fed, praise God. And so spirit songs are different than just instrumental songs. And so that CD back there called Streams, uh, you call it an instrumental call to prayer. And it just does something in you and it just, it helps that place, helps you get to that place. And so I listen to those all the time. She also has a flash drive back there that includes those two CDs plus hours more of just spirit-inspired music um, songs, instrumental things, just, it's just full. So we encourage you to go ahead and get that. Praise the Lord. My material's back there too, but, uh, get Robin's. Praise the Lord. If you can only get one thing, get hers. Praise God. I'll be back. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. How many of you like new things? Would you, would you refuse a new thing if it came to you? I don't think so. I mean, uh, if you're into fishing and you got a new rod, you got a new reel, you know, I mean, that's like, let's go fishing, right? 
Uh, my husband and I play golf. He, he loves it when he gets something new golf. I mean, even just new golf balls. You know, this, it's brand new. It's new. You get new shoes. You're like, you've replaced the old shoes. You're like, feeling pretty good in the new shoes. You know, anything new uh, is, is fun. Praise God. And uh, we got, we, we got uh, for, our, for Christmas this year, we did a big, we did a big deal for us. We, we got new floors in the upstairs of our house. I didn't care to open a box of something, but when I got new floors, it's like every time I walk up my stairs, I thank God. Thank you, Lord, for my new floors. We had that builder grade carpet, you know, that had seen its better days probably a year after we moved into our house. And uh, it just it just wasn't very good, and and it it was on its last. You know, we'd stretched it already, and we'd you know tried to make it work, and so finally we got these new laminate floors. You know, and I just I just look at them and smile because they're new. They're new. They've barely been walked on. You know, and so anything new we can get kind of excited about. Amen. So when it comes to new things from God. You know, we ought to stir ourselves up about, hey, something's getting ready to, ch- something's going to be new here. Something's going to be fun. Because yeah. 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 sometimes you know, God's doing a new thing. Oh, man, what do I have to change? Ah. Something's going to be required of me. A new, th- no, not a new thing. Ah. But how do you usually feel about new things? You feel good about new things. Amen. So we might as well feel good about God new things. Amen. It's not always about the work. Come on. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. It's time to look up. Amen. It's time to look forward. Praise God. And make real and true and lasting connections with God himself. Praise God. Uh, it's too easy to get obligated. It's too easy to get religious about anything. I, I don't care how long you've known the Lord or how, how recently you've known the Lord. Anything, can, you can get lazy about anything. You can get lazy about any relationship. You can get lazy about anything that's normal in your life. You know, you can just, just kind of, eh, you know. I mean, I can clean my kitchen or I can clean my kitchen. You know, I can, I can, I can do it well, or I can just kind of, eh, you know, go through the motions. I know the difference, you know, I know the difference when I've put some effort into something, effort in a good way, not effort in that, oh man, way, but effort because I enjoy something or effort because it's worth it, effort because there's value to it. Amen. Amen. And so anything in God that you can value is worth a little bit of effort. If you have a relationship in your life that you value, it's worth the effort to communicate. It's worth the effort to make time, you know? Praise God. Or you can just be lazy and go, ah, they know how I feel. Amen. Have you ever, have you ever, you know, I, I, I won't ask you to raise your hand on this, but have you ever just said, love ya, and, and you didn't realize you said it? 
Uh, a friend of mine, one time they were on the phone with somebody doing business, you know, and they were so used to talking to their kids on the phone or their family on the phone. Maybe you've done this. And they're doing a business call and it's like right before they said goodbye, they said, love you, bye. So, uh, okay, I see heads shaking, yes. You know, and you're like, oh my goodness, I just told that person I love them. Not that you don't, but you don't really know them either, right? And uh, so it's real easy to say things without thinking. You know, it's real easy to just go through motions and think you're doing something. If you could tell a salesperson, love ya, bye, (laughs) on the phone, you can say that with the same attitude with your spouse or your kids or the Lord. Love ya. (laughs) Right? But how many of you know we, we need what he's got? Or have you discovered that you can pretty much do life all by yourself? Jesus said in John's Gospel, the 15th chapter, without me, you can do a few things, some things. You can do your job without me. You can drive your car without me. You... <laughs> He said nothing, nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. The sooner we acknowledge that and realize we really do need him, the better off we'll be. Amen. We need him. So if we need him, we ought to know how to have an instant connection with him. We ought to know how to have an oppor- have uh, or take the opportunities that we have to have an instant cop- uh, connection with Him, to not have to go. Oh man, I gotta go pray. I gotta go find God. I really need Him, so I'm gonna now have to take some time, get away. Now all those things are are good in their place, but when you need Him, the Bible says, "Come boldly." To the throne of grace to obtain mercy when? In the time of need. <laughs> In the time of need. When do we need him? Always. <laughs> we always need him. Amen? So we ought to be able to have the confidence to come boldly to the throne of God in an instant. At a moment's notice. To not feel like we're out somehow of his presence to where now we got to go find our way back in. The pastor said, no impulse purchases. I heard what you said. I'm the same way. I'm in the store. I'm constantly checking in. I'm checking in on the inside, on the Holy Spirit, the greater one who lives on the inside of me. Is this right now? Not like I couldn't make a purchase, but at the same time, maybe I can get it somewhere else. Better deal. I like deals. Is it time to get this or should I wait? Do I just want it or do I need it? You know, sometimes you have to kind of make that choice, (laughs) right? But no impulse purchases. In other words, without me, you can do nothing. And it's not like I've got to go pray for five minutes. Should I buy this wrench? But it's just a quick, just an acknowledgement. On the inside. 
Are you confident? Do you have, do you have that or is it Sunday morning when we come in to worship God, does it take you two songs to crank your tractor? <laughs> Let the worship team get you going for a while, like, oh, wow, they're going, so- oh, I could go there. <laughs> Amen. Look with me, if you would, to John's Gospel, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> John chapter four, I just want to encourage you today. I don't want to scold you. I want to encourage you. <laughs> because uh, it says this, and we're going we're gonna to look at something and then back up a little bit. But John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And he makes a statement that isn't, he's not just talking to her in this statement. But he says in verse 23 of John chapter 4, But the hour is coming and now is... When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, and I want, to, I want you to see this next statement, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. The Father is seeking such to worship him. A lot of times we come to church thinking about what we need. What I need from God, what I'm expecting from God, what I need to receive from God. But have you ever thought, what is God looking for? You ever wondered what he's looking for? He's looking for something. The Old Testament, it says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, seeking those that he can show himself strong through. He's seeking. He's looking. Right? There's something he wants and needs. What's he looking for? Jesus said he's seeking true worshipers. Everybody say true worshipers. Well, if there are true worshipers, then there's false worshipers. Or fake worshipers. I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of fake worship going on out there. There might be a little bit going on in here. Maybe you don't know. But you can know. Amen. Fake meaning this. Love ya. <laughs> That's fake worship. Right? Or just doing something to be seen of other people. That'd be fake. Wouldn't be true. You know. He's looking for true Worshippers, but also notice this: He's not looking for true worship. He's looking for true worshipers. So what he's seeking is not to be worshipped. He's not an egomaniac like I need worship or I can't do anything. If you don't worship me, it's not like that. It's not that he needs worship. He's looking for true worshipers, people who are connected to his heart, people who value their relationship and connection with him. He's looking for people. He's not looking for worship. So the worship team can't do your worshiping for you. Because he's not satisfied with just their worship. 
He's looking for true worshipers, so he's looking for each person to connect with him. Why? So that he can then connect with you. So backing up here in this whole uh, uh, event with Jesus talking with the woman at the well, I love this because here's this woman coming for her daily necessity of water. We don't think of it so much that way because we just go buy water or we run the tap, you know. These days we buy water, like on purpose, in plastic bottles at the store. We just always, you know, turned on the tap when I was a kid. Or the hose, come on. Right? Now it's like, ew, I need a filter. But uh, we're, at the same time, we're not having to go gather water uh, to bathe with and to, you know, we just, we turn the tap on, it's there, right? We're used yes. to it. So we, we don't think so much of the daily necessity of having to go get it and bring it back, to go get everything we need. And so, I mean, if I don't go get it, then I'm not going to have it. We don't think in those terms. But this is what she was doing. And so Jesus met this woman at the well for her daily necessity, her daily need, like, if I don't have this, I can't survive. And Jesus said to her, give me something to drink. And uh, so culturally, just a quick background, uh, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. Listen, racial stuff's been around forever. It's not American Amen. It's people. It's people. And uh, so Jews and Samaritans, they didn't, they didn't talk to one another. And they didn't have, women and men didn't have a private conversation. So Jesus is there by himself. A woman comes by herself and suddenly he's going to have a conversation with her. That's just not done. So number one, God has no racial issue or gender issue. I'm talking male-female gender issue. <laughs> okay. Let me don't, I don't have to go any further than that. There's just two. Okay. He doesn't have an issue with the two. Okay. Is that all right? Okay. So he doesn't have a bias in any way. Jesus, he, he goes completely, cuts right through that. And so he's having a conversation with this woman. He says, give me something to drink. She goes, wait a second. Why are you even talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. I'm a woman. You're a man. This isn't done. And look what Jesus said in verse 10. I love this. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Living water. Everybody say living water. Living water. So he's using her very necessity of life to give her an idea that there's another source for the thing you're really looking for. What you really need in your life is not what you can provide for yourself. What you really need in your life is not more work. 
What you really need in your life is not more effort of human effort. Well, I can figure this out. I can do this. What you really need is a different source for an absolute necessity in your life. It's still as, ne- as necessary as the very water you need to live. But there's a different source, and it will produce something in you that will change your life. She said, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. You don't have a bucket. (laughs) Where are you going to get this? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him, in him, a well a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. She says, I want that. I don't want to come here to draw. She's still not quite getting it. But he is still appealing to her, and he's saying, this is something that's going to change your life. She goes, well, I want that. Amen? That's why I'm saying, do you like new things? Well, yeah, I like new things. Well, then you're going to want this. Amen? He's going, as much as you need water, you need this. So she goes, well, then I want that. She didn't even know what she wanted yet. She didn't really even know what it would do for her. But what he said about it made her want it. Well, then I want that. Give me that. He said, well, go get your husband and we'll talk about it right. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do this the right way. Go get your husband. You know how he believes the best of us? He knew her situation. Obviously, we find this out here just a second. But yet, he didn't go, listen, <clears throat> I know you're in a bad state, so uh, let's really talk about this. He said, no, go get your husband. She said, well, I don't really have one. He goes, I know. You've had five, and the one you're with is not your husband. And she says, oh, you're a prophet. <laughs> oh. So we're not talking about water. <laughs> You're talking about what I really need. So she immediately asks the right question. <laughs> she immediately asks the right question. Interesting turn of events here when she finally finds out that somebody she's talking to has an answer. She goes, if you've got an answer, I've got a question. Our fathers worshipped here. Jews say you're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. What's the right way? Why is she all of a sudden talking about worship? She's not talking about worship. She's talking about a connection. What is worship? A connection. It's an access point. It's a door. It's a window. It's a place to walk through to make a connection with God. What is God looking for? He's looking for true worshipers. He's looking for people who want a connection with him. He's not looking for the music. He's not looking for your voice as far as that goes. Like, can you sing? Could you sing for me? No, that's not what he's looking for. He wants your heart to be open. He's looking for open hearts. 
And so when this woman finally realized he's a prophet, she says, uh, you, you say it this way, our fathers say it this way, which way is right? In other, way, in other words, how can I connect with God? Can I connect with God? What's the right way to make a connection with God? And so Jesus went on to say, there's a time coming when neither place is going to be it. It's not going to be a matter of a place. It'll be a matter of the heart. He goes on to say this, God is a spirit. (laughs) Verse 24, everybody say, God is spirit. God is spirit. Good news, so are you. So are you. God is spirit, and those who worship him or connect with him must connect with him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. So if we're going to connect with God, there's something spiritual that needs to happen. So when we say worship, I don't know what you think. Where your mind goes when we say God's looking for true worshipers, automatically most of us think music, songs, So if I sing to him, he'll be happy. That's not what it's about. God is spirit. (laughs) And those that connect must connect in spirit and in truth. He didn't say in song and in truth. He said in spirit and in truth. What is spiritual communication then? What's spiritual communication? Well, all throughout the New Testament, you'll find what God calls spiritual communication is with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. Amen. So spiritual communication with God who is a spirit must begin in the heart. The source is the heart. Like when Jesus said about the water, I'm going to give you something that's not going to be from this well, but when you get it, it'll be a fountain in you. It'll be something that comes from the inside of you that then will be the source of everything you need. So spirit communication, God is spirit, we are spirits, it starts in the heart. It doesn't start in the mouth. So the singing isn't what initiates it. (laughs) It starts in the heart and comes out of the mouth. The two have got to be involved, both involved in order for it to be spirit communication. It can't be mindless words. It can't just be singing along that makes it worship. The, uh, once again, we say whenever, if you're into something, it's worth putting some effort to. It's worth attaching your heart to the words that are coming out of your mouth. Amen. Instead of just, glory, praise you. 
Where did it come from? It came from your mouth or your head. But has he ever done anything for you? Has he ever bailed you out? Has he ever been there right on time? Get your heart thinking on that for just a second. Glory. (laughs) Comes from a different place. Amen? Comes from a different place. It comes from your heart. Every interaction with God is through the heart. The Bible says, you know, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? We all know that verse. But it doesn't come because you have ears. It's not because somebody said, said, you know, spoke God's word to you or you read it. It doesn't come by reading. Even though when you read it, what he's looking for is your heart connection to it. Did you hear on the inside? Not just listening, not the physical act that gets it done. It's the heart connection that causes faith to come. Right? A few moments ago, pastor receiving the tithes and the offerings. It's not the money that God wants. (laughs) It's your heart. Right? It's so, so when you tithe, what did he say? You rob me. Well, how do you, how can you rob me? Tithes and offerings. But your heart's not in it. If your heart's not in it, I can't connect you. I can't connect with your, your finances. I can't connect with your money if you're just throwing it in a bucket. If your heart's not connected to it, you might as well just be spending money. Well, the church will use it. Don't misunderstand me. <laughs> You know, the church will use the the money that's thrown in the bucket, but God can't connect with it unless your heart's connected to it. That's why Paul said, it's not that I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that will abound to your account. So attach your heart to your giving and you'll get more in return. If you don't attach your heart to your giving, I'm the only one who benefits. And I'm not just looking for your money. I want you to benefit. So attach your heart to your giving and God will see to it that it comes back. God is unable, unwilling to do without, the Amplified says, right? A cheerful, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is 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 in his giving. Why? Because Hebrews 11 says, without faith... It's impossible to please him. That's like saying, without me, you can do nothing. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why? You need the connection. You need the connection. I'll I'll be be, uh, forthright with you today. Praise God. Because we travel, as Pastor said, we travel all over the world. We see this in every demographic. We see this in every state. We see this in every country. uh, That there is a disconnect among a lot of believers. It's not that they're not believing. It's that they're disconnected. The connection isn't being made. We're going through motions. 
and therefore we're not seeing fruit. We're not seeing fruit. Because why? Without me, you can do nothing. He, Jesus said in John chapter 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches. <laughs> Guess what? You're not the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You're the branch. In other words, there has to be a connection for there to be any fruit. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. And yet we've got believers, people of faith, applying faith principles, faith actions in the physical kind of realm, like going through the motions of faith without being connected. It's just like throwing money in a bucket. There's no fruit that abounds to your account. If you've been fruitless (laughs) or seeing less fruit, It's not to do more stuff. It's to make a connection. Because when the connection is made, the fruit comes. Because the life source is connected now. You can't do it on your own. You can't just say faith confessions without the heart connection. Confession by itself is nothing more than a parrot sitting in a cage saying, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. It's words with no power and no connection. People start giving up on what we call the faith message. I'm just not seeing anything. I know. Not his fault. We go go through motions because humans will revert to effort (laughs) and work. I've been confessing. I'm confessing. I'm confessing. I'm confessing. I'm confessing. We'll confess all day long, honey. If your heart's not connected, 99 of those are worth nothing. Just doing it more isn't going to get you more results. Amen. Amen. The issue is, it's so simple to connect. And yet, human, we just want to, we just, I can do, I can do this on my own. I can do it. Guess what? Can't. Can't do it. Well, you know, worship's just not my style. You know, I don't sing, I don't. Can you talk? It doesn't have to be a melody. This has to be a connection from your heart and your mouth. It's not, well, you know, I got a deal worked out with God. This is how I worship. Uh, He knows my heart. He does, and he can't do anything until it comes out of your mouth. It's two things together. It's the two things together. Jesus said in Hebrews, let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Now first we gotta, we've got to identify what's a sacrifice. A sacrifice isn't, in our, our culture, it's, it's a sacrifice is, oh, I don't feel like it, but okay. 
I'll praise you. Well, that's not the sacrifice of praise. At somebody's remotes making their... Somebody's car's going off because everybody's going to think about it for a second, so I might as well just let you know I hear it too. I know it's not me. But anyways, and if you don't care, we don't care. But just so you know. Sacrifice. What's a sacrifice? It's not like overriding, you know, like, okay, I don't feel like doing it, but I'll do it anyway. No, a sacrifice is, this is from Hebrews. The Hebrew Christians had the, the, the um, you know, they had to bring the sacrifices. Sacrifices, actual physical things. They had to bring blood. They had to bring animals. They had to bring grain. All the different requirements that they brought something physical in order to, you know, get into the presence of the Lord or do the next step. So they had to bring something. So he said, now because of what Jesus did with his own blood, he went in one time into the holiest of holy places, obtaining an eternal redemption for us. Now because he did that, we don't bring the other sacrifices, but we still bring sacrifices. We still bring something. Hebrews said, it's the fruit, fruit of our lips. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hosea says, so we will render the calves of our lips. (laughs) In other words, instead of calves, instead of cows, we bring him praise. The sacrifice we bring, the protocol is to bring him something of yourself. It's still required. Why? God is seeking. God is looking for this. He's looking for the connection point. And so sometimes we, we you know, we're, we're in church and the praise team is, is going on and, and we're standing. But we should rather be seated because I'm not participating. But I'm standing with everybody else, so I'm worshiping. You think we can't see you? (laughs) And not just us. You think God. God's looking. It's what God's looking for. We're not just looking for more participation from this side. We know that what God's looking for will help you to connect. Well, that's not my style to, to worship. Are you, are you ready for this next statement? Yes, yes I am. If it's not your style to worship, it also will not be your style to receive from God. What you need Him to do in your life, you need a connection point. You need an access point. And if you've been closed... When it comes to giving, what door's going to open when it comes to I need him to do something for me? What opens that door? You've not opened the door. You've not opened the access point. It's like a conduit, like a pipe, if you will. If you'll open the pipe, go in this direction, 
the things you need from him will freely flow back to you. But if you say, well, I, I, I'm just not, a, I just, that's just not my style. You're going to go without a lot. And it's not coming for, because we want you to participate with us. It's because we want you to participate with him. We were in a church one day and, and uh, while we were, while the worship was going on, my husband, Kevin, was, we were sitting kind of on the side and, and the Lord said to him, look around at this congregation. He looked around and he said, see these people? Yeah. He said, half of them aren't worshiping me. It's pretty average, actually. This is why this is so, hard, so strong on the heart of God. He says, see these people, they're half of them aren't worshiping me. He says, they're not worshiping me here. They're not worshiping me at home either. He said, if they're not worshiping me here, they're not worshiping me at home. He says, they have little to no connection with me. It's not to say they're not born again, but they have little to no connection. There's no connection point. In any relationship, your communication is your connection point. Yes. Any relationship. Why would it be any different with God? Listen, I've said love ya to my husband a bunch of times, and it didn't come from anywhere. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't anything. I mean, it was just habit. You know, love you. But then there's other times you mean to connect. If all you've ever done is love you, love you, love you, and you need some meaningful connection, it's going to be awkward. (sighs) Hebrews 11 says, He that comes to God, he that comes to God must believe that he is, and, and at the same time, believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Back and forth. Back and forth. Amen? Amen. (laughs) It's not about music. It's about heart and mouth connection. Even if you never sing a, sing a melody and sing a note, we can say from our heart the things. And, and when the words are up on the screen, it just helps us all to do the same thing at the same time. Amen? And it's a good connection point for all of us. But it's not just because it's the thing we do at the beginning of a service to let the latecomers come in. It's not the preview of coming attractions at the movies where, you know, I know it's not going to start for another 15 minutes. (laughs) Pastor hasn't started yet. Church hasn't started yet. Oh, yes, it has. You'll hear more of what God has to say through your pastor if your connector's open. If you've already made a connection going this way, think how much more can get to you. Amen. Amen. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Are y'all right? Aren't you glad he came? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's good to us, isn't he? But he wants us to seek him because he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. A rewarder. We need what he's got. Amen. And that coming to him with expectation, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? The substance of things not seen, or the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for, that word hope means to expect. It's very important that you realize that hope is not just desire. You can desire something and not expect it. You can expect something and not desire it. (laughs) Right? You can expect COVID and not desire it. You can expect allergies and not desire it. You can expect the flu and not desire it. You can expect uh, your your finances. Uh, You can expect, uh, uh, you know... um, uh, well, anyway, would not desire that your finances go down. In other words, you know, a, a bill comes, you know, or a, a, a surprise thing that just got, that just broke that now you need to get it fixed. You didn't desire it, but you were like, everything breaks in my house. You're expecting, even though you're not desiring. Right? Or you can want to be healed and not expect it. You can, you, can, you can know that, that, that God has what you need and yet never make a connection with him because you're really not expecting it. You just want something. Well, want originates with you. Desire originates with you. Faith originates with God. When you know what his will is, then you can expect to receive from him. And that expectation that he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, that's a trust issue. It's a trust issue. Faith is trust. Faith's not a subject all by itself, you know, that's only in church. It's trust. If you boil it down to, do you trust the one who said something to you? Enough to act like it's true. If pastor says, I'm going to be at your house at two o'clock on Monday, do you trust him enough to be there? Well, he shows up at two, you come at three going, oh, I didn't know if you'd really come. Well, that's an insult, right? That's saying, I didn't trust what you said. Well, I, I know what you said, but you know. Well, is he a man of his word or not? Yes, he is. So if he said it, you can expect to see it. Right? This is what what we do with God. So you can do it on this level. How come all of a sudden, just because we can't see God, we're like, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But the more you learn to connect with him, and you open your heart to him, that trust develops because now you've opened your heart to him. 
You've opened your heart to him. We sometimes will call it being vulnerable. Well, vulnerable has a negative connotation to it. You know, vulnerable really means that you're open to attack. <laughs> but let's just say open. Are you open? Some people never open because all they think about being open is that you're open to attack. If I open myself, anything could happen. Yeah, anything could happen. (laughs) Why always put it on the negative side? Open your heart. You've got to open your heart for God to be able to put anything in it. Amen. Worship's not for weak people. Worship's for strong people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Who will open themselves to God's heart. Open themselves to God's goodness. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. How many of you need some new things from God? How many of you are going to be open to getting something new from God? How many of you just want some stuff from God? I could use some things from God. How about it? Right? I could use some things I haven't thought of. I could use some things that I don't even know what's out there, but he does. Amen? When we say new things, why? Because you don't know everything even right now that you need. You might think you know what you need, but there's some stuff coming that's, you know, I mean, we didn't know the gas prices would go up to this degree. Well, I'm going to have to cut back somewhere else. No, you need some new things. You need some new provision. So you just keep on living life the way you live it because he's the provider. Amen. It didn't, all of a sudden he's like, oh wait, I can only provide if gas goes up to 450. Then you're on your own. Because that's what people are doing right now. They're like, what am I going to do? Gas. Same as we've always done. But you can just go, oh God, please help me. Or you can expect to receive what he's already promised you. You can desire. How many of you you would just take 20 bucks if it was offered to you? You wouldn't? Nobody? Would you take 20 bucks if it was offered to you? Tough crowd, tough crowd. How many of you could just use 20 extra bucks? Why not? Sure. Well, I got a $20 bill here. Somebody's going to get this $20 bill today. Somebody's going to get this. So how many of you, hang on, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. (laughs) So how many of you have faith now to get this $20 bill? Honestly, none of you have it. Tricked you. Totally tricked you. 
I said, how many of you now have faith to receive it? Because all I said was somebody's going to get it. That just means it's available. But you've got no guarantee that it belongs to you yet. Unless I said, I'm going to give this $20 bill to a particular person. See, we know that healing's available. And we kind of come to God on that basis of, I know, it's, I know you got it. And so I, I, desire, I desire healing. But have you got to the place where you know it's yours because he said so? Because once you know he said so about you, now you can approach him with expectation to receive. Amen? But once again, if it's not your style to give, it won't be your style to receive. And you'll find even though he's got everything you need, that it will be difficult to take it because you haven't been open even to taking it. Because how many times has somebody said, I just want to give you something, and you go, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't need that. A minute ago, we were like, yeah, I could use it. And then some, you want to give it to me? Oh, no, <laughs> I, was just, I was just saying, just... You know why? Because you're not open. You say you're open, but you're not open. Somebody wants to do something for you? No, I, I, I got it. I got it. You may have told, uh, I may have told you before how my mother-in-law was a, such a good giver, but a horrible receiver. She just couldn't take any. She would give you anything. But to take something, I mean, you'd have to practically fight I wanted to take her to Starbucks one day. I enjoy Starbucks. I said, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Oh, no, 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 I can get it. I know you can. But I would like to do this for you. No, 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 I, I can do it. I know you can. I would like to do it for you. I would just like to buy you a cup of coffee. No, 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 no. Went to the movies one day with my with my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, my husband and I and my mother-in-law, go to the movies. We get five tickets. And then she goes up to pay hers. It's already taken care of. No! I mean, it was like that. No! I can buy my own ticket. I said, it's already bought. Well, no, no, I can't. And the person behind the little glass thing was like... They were like, they were freaked out. They said, ma'am, they bought your ticket. But I can buy my own. Like, it's bought. It's done. It's just take, go inside. I don't think she could even watch the first half of the movie. No, no, no. Well, it's pathetic. <laughs> kind of funny, but kind of pathetic. Let me do this. No. Let me. Do, no, no. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. We carry that over with God. We need him to do things, and then he offers, and you're, no, 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 no. Then open your heart. Open your heart. I would like to give you $20 today. Would you take it if I gave it to you? Good for you. (laughs) Amen. 
then there comes a point of just taking it. Just taking what he's offering. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Can we get better at this? Yes, we can. We want new things? Yes, we do. Praise God. But that connection point will never change. And that connection point is something that you should always remind yourself of, particularly when you come in here. Particularly when you come in here. Make it a point to go, wait, I'm, I'm going to make a connection with God today. I'm going to give him something so I can get everything he's got. If you at least start in here. Like the Lord told my husband, see these people not worshiping me here? They're not worshiping me at home either. Here's where it's easy. It's the easiest here. Where everybody around you is helping you. You're not so exposed and all of that, you know. You're like, what do I say? What do I do? From your heart and your mouth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Robin, go ahead and come on up. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's lift up our hands right now. Why don't you stand to your feet? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Robin, help us get something out of our mouths today from our heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 